You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. Hey, welcome to another episode of King of the Fourth podcast. Today, um, you know, your usual host, uh, Jim Quigley, that's me, is is on. My brother is, he had a few too many drinks last night and, and is not able to make the podcast, but we're, we're fortunate to have a special guest. Um, Marcus Farrow of uh, WBSM. He usually talks politics on the weekends and uh, sometimes during the week out there in the beautiful South Coast region um, of Massachusetts. But he's also a huge hoops NBA and unfortunately Lakers fan. We we do have someone in on a Celtics podcast and from enemy territory. But uh, good, good morning, Marcus. Thanks for having me, Jim. So you wrote a really, I, I thought, interesting article about um, USA basketball and what a dream team would actually look like if they compiled one for this season. Uh, and obviously, a lot of the guys have chosen not to play. And understandably, the last two years have, last two seasons have been really tough physically, I think, on most yeah. of the guys in the league. Um, and, you know, what you went through is, it felt like a, a tear of stars and, and trying to get as many positions in there as, as you could. Um, do you want to talk about your thinking with that and, and just, you know, what kind of sparked that? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I do some sports stuff too. There's a call on WBSM.com. You can check it out, but basically it looks like, and this, you know, we've got Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday and, and Devin Booker flying yeah. in and who knows how they're going to be after that, after that series. But um, so they, imagine Dev, Devin Booker having to be on the same plane with those guys for, for, for like 12 hours. It's not a short oh, yeah. flight. <laughs> you know? So, um, so I was thinking like, if this team turns out to be a disappointment, which there are indications that there, it could be, yeah. uh, there seems to be a lack of like uh, uh low post presence other than Bam out of Bayou, their chemistry is not good. I thought of like, you know, what happened in 2000, what, what I was cognizant for in 2004 when what was called the nightmare team lost. And they had still, and, and even though this team USA has some pretty good players, that, that 2014 was the same way. They had Tim Duncan, Allen Iverson, Jason Kidd, Paul mm-hmm. Pierce. You know, they, they had young LeBron and Camelo, Carmelo that were rookies. So they had a really good, they had, they had enough talent to win just like this team does, but they just couldn't get together. So I thought, what if this ends up being one of those disappointing years? And what if the team USA had just committed to making another dream team like they did in 90, uh, in 92 after they lost uh, to the Soviet union in 88. And I thought like, you know, what's the best possible lineup they could have put out there. What's and, and of course there's like, needs that need to be filled keeping that in mind like you want to put the best players out there like I had Julius Randle in there could if I were putting a team of the 12 best players in the league together would Julius Randle be on that team probably, probably not, not. Yeah. but he needed you know you needed I had Zion Williamson I had uh I had Zion Williamson Anthony Davis and I thought well we need at least I think one more uh one more big uh one more big man because it's something team USA right now is is seriously lacking so i was like what's the best possible lineup we could put out there and i thought that those players basically were and there were three play i think three players that are on team usa now booker uh booker damon and and kevin durant but i thought what what's the best supporting cast they could have put out there 
Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting thought with the big men because um, it's such a different game than the NBA. The, in the NBA, the center position has been devalued, mm-hmm. um, you know, and to the point where you you wonder when when it's time, you know, even if you have a really good center, is it worth spending big dollars to keep them because, you know, the position is almost been devalued well, like this. You're even seeing that when they yeah. start doing like all-star and all-NBA selections. Now it's like you don't even have the center position. Mm-hmm. They were like tired of guys like Roy Hibbert making the all-star team and they have now just a forward, like a big man position. Yeah. That's 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 where we're at in the NBA. And even even Bam is, is you know, he's not even seven feet. Yeah, um, but they... Um, but the the way the 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 international game is played, you can be a lot more physical. And I don't know if you watched any of these exhibition games early on. Um, you know, I thought it took some time for these NBA players to get used to the fact that they weren't getting the calls that they they typically get in an NBA game. And um, you know, that you you can hand check on the perimeter. They let a lot of things go with contact, you know, going to the basket. And then the other thing is the ball's on the cylinder, you can actually swipe it away. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're getting upset reportedly because they're not getting the touch fouls that they're used to getting in the NBA, especially when you have guys like Dame Little, like Kevin Durant, who are um, among the better players and usually just get the benefit of the doubt with those calls. And when you think about it, you know, you look at a team like Spain where you have the Gasol brothers, and mm-hmm. and, and it, it it is like big men are. And I don't know if is Giannis playing. Uh, is Giannis playing for Greece? I think he is. And their first yeah. game is against France and Rudy Gobert. Um, right you know and it probably this type of style of basketball international probably even suits him better than the nba uh, it's it just that physical presence that you the usa can't match up and right. they're loaded with the team right now in my opinion of guys like you know you could start zach levine Devin booker tatum durant and it looks like the draymond but four of those guys can drop 50 at any point but they also aren't guys that are used to doing backdoor cuts, setting screens, doing the things that you need to happen for a basketball team to be successful. And other, unlike other Olympic teams, you know, over the past few years, those guys had a few weeks of training camp to ramp up, really, and, and guys to kind of fall into roles and get used to positions they haven't been in. That hasn't been the case there, obviously. No, and and a part of it, and I, I, I said this in my article, this is – one of the biggest problems too is this is we mentioned Rudy Gobert, Giannis. You see Patty Mills playing really well, right? Yeah. I think Ben Simmons could have played for Australia, but the thing is, is that uh, the the rest of the world has absolutely caught up in terms of international play. Yeah. And when I was at, originally making this list, I was just talking to my buddy who I usually have on the show, who used to be a sports writer in West Virginia. And I was like, well, I was thinking for my starting lineup, if I had a dream team, you know, it would be Luka Doncic, you know, Giannis uh, or Nikola Joe, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. and all that. And he goes, all right, well, uh, three of your starting five wouldn't be playing for Team USA. Yeah, so yeah. you need to pick something. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Because you don't even think about it. The best players in the league now are a lot of the best players in the league are international players. And, you know, when we talk about Team USA, we talk about like uh, Team USA in the 90s, the dream team. They're like, well, they were more dominant. You know, they beat teams by 40. But back then, it was America was leading, we're still leading the world in basketball, but they were the only team that really cared about it. The only international player was Hakeem Olajuwon that was really, uh, and then Pet, uh, you know, Drazen Petrovic. 
but Hakeem Olajuwon, he ended up playing for Team USA in 96 because he repatriated. So there's a, a lot of that stuff about the dream, you know, about and the they, dream they team. They were just so in awe of the dream team that they didn't even play, too. It, it was a lot so, of... Just getting autographs. Yeah, getting autographs and watching them dunk. I, I, I mean, it was a much different feel. And like you said, they've caught up in these international teams now, um, with the exception of some of their NBA players, are playing a lot of basketball together to ramp up to this. So, And they've been doing it. So as we change squads every four years or every two years or whatever, these these are consistently the same squads with some younger guys added on on these international teams. So they know each other. They play together. Um, it's a much different feel. And even like Nigeria. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, that's one of the greatest upsets of all time because you look at where they've come from. But they're loaded with professional basketball players now. This isn't just some you know ragtag Nigerian team. These guys are playing all over Europe. They're professional level basketball players, and you're seeing that on on most teams. Um, I, I think have, in Spain you have multiple Hall of Famers. You yeah, have at least two Hall of Famers. Ricky Rubio, who you know is, is, is up, he's good. He didn't end up being the phenom yeah. that, that people thought he'd be, but he's a great he's a great player. You would think of that Spain team that always plays together. If they've been playing mm-hmm. together since '08, at least for 12 years. You, Ricky. Yeah, yep. Rubio, Jose Jose Calderon, uh, I don't know if he's still on that team, but he was for a while. That Spain team was really good, and I thought. And maybe- that young nineteen-year-old kid too. They have that. Um, I was he was a good player. Eh? That's going into the draft this year, and it is projected yeah. to be a first-round pick. Uh, I, I'm forgetting his name, but he he really impressed me against Team USA. Uh, I tell you, Marc Gasol, he he just he looks washed. He looks yeah, absolutely I, I washed out there. Um, yeah, I thought Paul Casal looked better than him in the international game, but um, it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to struggle. And you know, I do think Middleton and Holiday, in particular, are good additions to this team. The two guys used to playing off the ball. They, uh, Holiday is a physical. I think he's, you know, there's very few better perimeter defenders than him in the league. I think and, the be- I think you can argue he's the best in the league, and, and without. Yeah. Without Holiday, and as much as Giannis said I could have joined a super team, it, without Holiday committing, without Holiday, uh, that that they would not have won the the championship because no. he huge defensive plays uh, in in crunch time on Devin Booker, and you just see the way the way he's able to the way he was able to frustrate Booker and the steals he was able to make, the way he was able to do them were it was just it was just so good. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it's hard to argue. I think he's the best perimeter defender in the league. I don't I don't know who's better. Yeah, he's he's just fantastic. And and he's so strong his hands are so strong that he hardly ever turns the ball over. I, I mean he's not a spectacular flashy point guard or anything, but um for this team USA, just a guy that's not gonna look to go down and score first and is able to control the ball without turning the ball over. I think I think he's a good addition. Obviously, Middleton is um, playing with Giannis. He's used to moving off the ball to get himself free, which is different than I think the, a lot of these guys on the team right now. It, it, you know, it's interesting when Durant had the ball, you know, that's the opportunity to backdoor cut because all the attention is going to go to him every single time, rightfully so. And, you know, Lillard and Tatum, Tatum and Zach Levine, they're just kind of hanging out on the perimeter because they're so used to the ball finding them and then, you know, screens being set for them. Um, and that, look, I, I'm not blaming those guys. You know, they, they're that great, you know. But it, 
it's um it's a different animal. I, I think Bam could be a real if he he figures this out. And hey, I, I thought Jabal McGee was a good addition. Um, he's a big physical kid. Um, he's got some skill. I, I know he's not a great player by any means, but for an international game um, where he can get away with some of the stuff you can't get away with in the NBA game, um, being handsy, being handsy isn't a bad thing here. So um, he's, been a, he's been an anchor for multiple uh, championship teams mm-hmm. and his contributions defensively, uh, his contributions to those teams were defense were defensive. And those teams were among the best defensive teams in the league, the Lakers and the Warriors. So yeah, no, I think so. You know, they did famously snub Julius Randall, but the problem that what the issue they cited was they don't have a shop block. They have bam, but they don't have any other shop blockers. So yeah. What were they going to do, you know? Yeah, and, and I don't think they need another guy that kind of needs a ball in his hands. Um, I did. I don't know if Kendall Johnson made it over to Tokyo. Or I don't know if he's on the roster or not, but he was another guy that athletic kid, cuts off the ball, you know, does all the little things. Um, you know, he was just getting dunks after dunk against Spain because as soon as Durant or Lillard or Tatum had the ball, he just backed to a cut and no one covered yeah, right. it, you, yeah. you know, and – um, and that's his game. So it's instinctual. Uh, I, I, I do think, I do think they're going to struggle. I think their first game against France is really interesting. You know, uh, France has those, you know, Evan Fournier's on, on the French team and you, right. you have, um, obviously Gobert and, uh, you know, Tony Parker isn't there anymore, but they, you always have those experienced, um, European teams and I, that'll be a good first test for them. Um, to see exactly where they are, you know, um, right. Y- y- you know, and uh, you wonder at some point, you know, Durant doesn't want to be known as the best player on this team that doesn't make it too far. So you, you wonder yeah. if how quickly that clicks in for him. Well, you know? Durant's also becoming kind of like a Carmelo Anthony type of guy where he's trying to make a legacy for his international play. Cause he's been on, you know, he's been on now the 2012 team, the 2016, 2016 team. And now the 20, well, I guess, technically the 2020 team. So uh, this might, you know, who knows, this might end up being his last, uh, this yeah, might it could be. last two raw. He, he's, I, I mean, he's a physical model. I, I, I just, the fact he came back and was the, as dominant as he was yeah. after Achilles tear. And now I was playing in the summer. Um, you know, I thought he was going to have all sorts of issues coming off of that because everyone used to i mean that that used to be the death knell you got an achilles it was, it was over for you um kobe bryant isaiah thomas i think uh dominique wilkins made one all-star team after but then that was it he was he was done he just wasn't the same yeah marcus cousins uh ruined his career because uh he was he was an incredible player he was putting up you know like 25 12 and yep. 6 and then he got that Achilles uh, Achilles injury, and that was pretty much it for him. So yeah, it is it is pretty incredible. He was able, I mean, it took him a year, right? Yeah, year. And even this year, there were times where he was resting, uh, but he was able to return to form. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, I know it was, and, and and being seven foot and doing that too. You, because on the wrong side of thirty, on top of all that. Y- yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It, it just it it shouldn't happen. And, and to his credit. Uh, you know, he didn't look like he lost a step at all. You know, he he, he was fantastic. Um, 
So maybe on that note, you know, let's transition to the the, the finals we just saw in the playoffs, which I, I actually enjoyed. I, I know too. a lot of people said, um, you know, missing that stop power. I, I thought the basketball was really good. Um, you know, you know, you really had dramatic moments during the playoffs. I, I mean, if we talk about Durant, if his shoe size was a half a size smaller, it probably would have been Brooklyn playing in the NBA finals and in non Milwaukee, you know, um, but that's life and basketball is a game of inches. Um, the, the one that, you know, I noticed three things. I'd love to get your thoughts just about both these teams, the Suns and and the Bucks. They both had great off seasons. I I, I thought they, they had fantastic off seasons. Um, they stayed healthy, which was a hard thing to do this year. They, they keep players. And then neither one went deep in the bubble. And I felt like any team that went to the, the the conference finals, they were they were all toast. But you know, Denver got to the second round, but it was a sweep. So it, it you know those three things were significant. Um, but you know, the general managers for both teams, they, they did the best job out of the league in the offseason. And um, you know, staying healthy, especially it, with the exception of Milwaukee, they lost Giannis, but at the same time, Atlanta lost Trey Young, so they were fortunate there. Right. Um, but you know they, uh, you know those are my takeaways, um, and then I, you know I'll just get your initial thoughts on. Yeah, so I do mean obviously I was disappointed. I do think that the Lakers would have beaten the Suns had AD not uh, had AD been healthy because they were up two to one on them. So personally, I was disappointed with mm-hmm. that. I think they could have made the finals. I think they could have beaten. Uh, they would have beaten Denver for sure. I don't know about the Clippers. Again, if the Clippers were healthy, they would yeah. probably be in the finals because they were. And I thought about that. I was thinking that this year that like this might be, you know, last year they obviously blew it. But this year they were just playing better. They were playing better basketball that a year to play together. They kind of got caught off their feet because they were kind of like immersed in this whole uh, stupid culture that they had tried to create, um, that they had tried to create with uh, the street lights, not spotlights or whatever. But yeah, so there was, I mean, I think the finals obviously would have been a lot different had there not been what nine stars injured, but I still enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it. I still, I, yeah, you know, and as much as again, hey, that's, the, that's, that's the way it goes. So, it's, no one, you know, no one remembers in 89 that the 89 Pistons and they're like celebrated as one of the best teams of all time that they beat magic. John, they beat uh, the Lakers without magic Johnson. And I'm pretty sure Larry Bird was hurt that year too. So no yeah, one remembers out the whole year. He was up yeah, the he was whole up year. whole year. Yeah, that was the year Kevin McHale had a had a great year. Um, yeah, he. So no one no one remembers that stuff anyway. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, I think that yeah, the basketball was good. It was cool to see guys like Trey Young. Trey Young kind of had like a yep. a Jamal Murray type of moment, except I think he's a better player than Jamal Murray. But he had oh, a he's, he's fabulous. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he had a he, Jamal he, Murray he. type of moment. Uh, he was he was incredible. Uh, just to, and then and in the finals. Just to see, just to see two teams that were guaranteed to end a historic championship drought, right? Was yeah, pretty cool. And like you said, they had tremendous soft seasons. You know, the the Suns getting Chris Paul and the uh, the the Bucks again. Giannis, I didn't like the comment because it's it's just a, the, the whole thing personally annoys me when we talk about super teams because championship contenders have to have a lot of talent on them. He had to he had to sit down with the Bucks ownership and say, "You need to bring somebody here, right? You need to bring a guy here. I can't do it with just me and Chris Middleton." And then you brought in Drew Holiday, who is like 
not a superstar, right? But an all-star caliber player. Really good player. After 17, yeah. 9, and 5 in the playoffs and made huge, uh, made his third straight all-defensive team. Really uh, a great player. But it was cool for, to see him, you know, bring that team that he had stuck with and that him and Middleton had been together for eight years that they had stuck with and bring them to the championship and win. The Bucks have a great fan base. Um, they have for a while. And to see... Giannis take that home and to see how hard see how hard he played to see how see how much he wanted it. I think was really I think was really cool and I think he he really elevated his game in a way that in the finals in the way like I you you didn't see him really play like that like you, he had big games in in the in the playoffs and he has before but you didn't see him play like uh, the way he played in the finals. I mean he just really went all out scoring you know fifty what was it fifty fourteen and whatever five five blocks so he really he earned it and i think he really elevated his his game and his legacy to to a different level like you've got to secure you know with his resume now already even though he's so young you've got to put him in the top 10 power forwards um i think i think of all time so yeah he was spectacular especially that closeout game well it's the only thing i could think of and it wasn't a closeout game but it was lebron's uh Game six against the Celtics when he was with the Heat, and they were down three two. I think that was twenty eleven. Uh, you know, yeah, it was uh, it was twenty it was twenty twelve. Uh, he had four what was like forty five points. Uh, I think fifteen rebounds. It was insane. Yeah, I remember watching. All right, so uh, anecdote about that game. So I'd I'd be watching. I'd go to my friend's house who was a big Celtics fan to watch the game, and I'd go there when I could. And then the last game I didn't go to when the Celtics went up three, uh, whatever, went up three two or whatever they were yep. up. When it, when it, they were about to win in Game Six, my buddy's like, "You can't come over because every time you come over, the Celtics lose. You got bad energy. You're a Lakers fan." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Okay." So I was just, I just remember watching the game at the bar and just call my buddy like, "Hey, should I come over now? Hey, should I come over?" Yeah. Now? It was really an incredible. It was really an incredible game. Yeah, I would say that's. I would say that's a comparable performance. I think LeBron's game seven against the Warriors. Uh, I think that was a comparable. Not. Yeah. Didn't put up the numbers, but made the made the big plays and made the big effort to to win. The combination of the numbers and the big plays, though, on a closeout. I, I, you know, I, I didn't do a deep dive. It's just it's tough to think of anything. You know, it was, I really, that, you really it was that spectacular. You really can't, I think, in terms of overall finals performances of all time, right? I know a lot of, like, people, uh, Dwayne Wade comes to mind, like, one of the best finals in in in, uh, in 06. And this was basically, it was kind of the same thing, right? It was, mm-hmm. he came, but it was, it was, it was the same thing, but it was, it was just better. It was just better. Yeah, it, it uh, was really, it was spectacular. And, the, and he's an easy kid to root for. I mean, you yeah. know, you, you listen to his interviews and, you know, the way he is with fans. And um, I do think there's an element with European players where they are more committed to their teams than American players. I, I don't know whether that's a good thing or bad thing. It's just a, or just a cultural thing. Um, but you, you don't see these guys, although you're hearing Donkic, Luka Donkic already saying he may want out. Um, <laughs> you uh, yeah, Dirty Whiskey comes to mind when he like took a took some pay cuts to get guys there, and they ended up spending it on Chandler Parsons. But um, yeah, no, hey, Dirk, I, New, Dirk New Whiskey is another guy that stayed his whole time over in Dallas. You know, it's, it's but I don't think that stuff matters as much. Um, you know, when LeBron left Cleveland, they 
just didn't surround him with anything. That team sucked. I, I mean, Durant actually, uh, if you want to criticize any of them, it would have been Durant leaving OKC when they were up three to one on Golden State, had a good team there, and then goes to Golden State. I, I, I mean, that was kind of. So, so yeah, they that was a, I think that that move was more unprecedented than like LeBron wanting to go to Miami with Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh. Like, yeah, they didn't have anybody. They did. They were they were basically like refused to put anybody around him. They could have gotten Amari Stoudemire, but they didn't want to give up JJ Hickson. So it was like, why wouldn't he? Why would he? Why would he leave? Put his career and his legacy at the mercy of Dan Gilbert. Why in the world? Yeah. Why in the world would he do that? Why in the world would any player do that? Just because you have the misfortune of being picked by a f- crappy franchise doesn't mean you need to stay there your whole. No, career. and you're a free agent. You can do what you want. You know, you can do what you want. I, I actually, that's what I found just so distasteful about the Brooklyn team this year. They, you know, James Harden quit to get out of yeah. Houston. He quit under a, a fifty yeah. million dollar contract for you. That that I, uh, Blake Griffin quit in Detroit. To mm-hmm. get out of Detroit, he quit. And Kyrie, for all intents and purposes, quit in Boston. I mean, he was a free agent at the end, but the dude in that Milwaukee series, his last games here, quit. He he yeah. he just quit on the job. Yeah. And, and so that that team, whatever. But I, I going getting back to Milwaukee. I think what it it does prove, if you look into this offseason coming up, um, you know the. Going into the season, the the, the perennial favorites was uh, L.A. In, in Brooklyn. But I think with both these teams, both those teams, even going forward next year, Anthony Davis has injury history. Mm-hmm. James Harden has injury history. Kevin Durant has injury history. Kyrie has injury history. Milwaukee yeah. built a team to be ready to capitalize off of that. And, That's true. And, they, they, and Phoenix built a team ready to capitalize off of that. And I know as we go into next year, Lakers and the Nets, they should be the should be the favorites going in. But I don't think it's a slam dunk that either team gets there based the off Nets, of the Nets the and history. the Lakers are the favorites right now. Uh the top two favorites. And it's yeah. I think it's the Nets and the Lakers, and then I think the Bucks in terms of uh in terms of Vegas odds. Yeah, no, the the Lakers, the Lakers issue. And then that's the, it's good. Then that's issue too. Cause Kyrie has his own injury history. James Harden has a, has that hammy. All, all those players are on the wrong side of 30 uh, mm-hmm. on the nets. Um, it's uh, in the Lakers. AD has an injury history, even though LeBron's usually pretty sturdy since he's been with the Lakers. He's been pretty, he's, I mean, he's, he's had missed two. Uh, basically he's got a championship, but sandwiched it's sandwiched in between two, uh, injury riddled seasons, yeah. right? So, or not injury riddled, but seasons with big injuries in them. So he's not the, he's not the iron man he used to be. I, yeah. I don't think it's guaranteed. And the nets are still, I mean, the uh, bucks are still well positioned. And that, that's the thing with Chris Paul. We say, well, Chris Paul should go to the Lakers or Chris Paul should go somewhere else if he wants to compete. But the Suns are, you know, Aiton, Aiton and Booker, are only going to get better. Mikhail Bridges is only going to get better. And they have the pieces now, if they're willing to pay Chris Paul, which is a bit, I mean, that's a big, if that's a big, if too, do they want to spend the, do they want to spend the money on him? Because eventually as amazing as he's playing at 36, uh, father time is undefeated. We have seen great point guards play really well into their forties. You think of Jason or uh, in their late thirties, think of Jason Kidd and Steve Nash, et cetera. 
But um, the the Suns are again, I think, well positioned to take advantage. And they're a franchise that's been afraid to spend. You know, remember when they had those teams of of Stoudemire and uh, Nash and and whatnot, um, Marion. They would routinely trade their sell their draft picks away to not incur more costs because they they didn't want to spend money. so it'd be interesting because it should be a no-brainer. I would think it'd be like four for a hundred for for Chris Paul or something along those lines. I mean, as far as they can, and they have the young guys locked up. They have role players like Jay Crowder locked up. That uh, you know, the type of guys you want on a championship run. That's a great role so, player. I'd love yeah. that Jay Crowder on my team. You know, yeah, yeah. it's a guy that can just shoot the three, defend, do those things. Yeah. Um, so you would think. The, the, the wild card for me here, and I, I, I maybe it's not as much of a wild card anymore because it looks like he's going to be out for most of the season was Kawhi, whether he was definitely going to go back to the Clippers or not, or whether the yeah. Knicks were going to try to really slam, you know, get in there and make a huge splash. But it looks like he's going to be out most of the year anyway, so maybe it doesn't matter as much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the Knicks could do what the Nets did and just say, all right, well, we'll hold him for a year. You know, we'll, we'll pay him. Yeah. Well, if I was them, I would. Yeah, they might as they 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 might as well. I, you know, it's Durant and and Kyrie and Harden and them. They could have made that. They could. It's funny they went to Brooklyn. They could have went to New York, and I think really, given how amazing that fan base is, they have the best. They have the best fan, the most loyal fan base. I would say because the reason I say that is because sure Celtics, Lakers, they have great fan bases too, but the Knicks suck. So, and they still have the most lucrative franchise in all of sports. So I always think about, I just think about that. Like they could have went to the Knicks and really like made a, a, a lot more of their legacy if they were able to end the, end the title job there. But that's, that's the owners, the owners, they're such a dick. I think that probably has something to do with it. James Dolan is just, yeah. he's, James he's, Dolan. he's just awful. Basically <laughs> my boss. Is he really? Yeah. Uh, Madison Square Garden owns twelve percent of Town Square Media, so I think uh, I think James Dolan's doing a great job. <laughs> well, he's run a toilet franchise for for years. Um, yeah. uh, there is, so if you take away Kawhi, if he just goes back to the Clippers because he's got to rehab his his MCL and ACL, and then Chris Paul, you know, if you know, you think it would fall in line and go into back into Phoenix. There isn't a lot left out there in terms of real star players, but every offseason in the NBA, something crazy happens. Something big happens. DeMar DeRozan's, a, DeMar DeRozan's an unrestricted free agent, and I was reading this morning rumors that he wants to – there's always been – he's always flirted with L.A. He's from L.A. You remember he played for uh, – how, how would L.A. create that cap, though? That's – they can't. I don't think they yeah. can't. He'd be – they said he'd be willing to take a pay cut, but it would be an incredible, incredible pay cut. Yeah, for them to um, for them to to accommodate that. They said like, oh, James, uh, Demar Derozan, and Kyle Lowry, like, yeah, that'd be that'd be fantastic. But they can't, they can't do it. Also, I don't think Demar Derozan helps the Lakers shooting uh, uh, shooting woes either. Yeah. But uh, you know, he's like a sub thirty percent from the from the uh, from the three. And that's that's not something that's really you, you're looking for in a in a third guy. But 
Um, yeah, no, the DeMar DeRozan comes to mind as a, as a, you know, a free agent that's made a few all-star teams, obviously, uh, got screwed, <laughs> kind of got, kind of got boned, uh, where he committed to Toronto and then they were, but you can't really blame them because they won a championship out of it. But that I don't think has any attachment to San Antonio. So I could see him, I could see him leaving, uh, mm-hmm. and going somewhere that might be the big free agent signing. A lot of people are talking about Russell Westbrook. I just don't know who has the assets and desire to absorb his contract Uh, i i just don't know and i i i don't know how much he makes teams better at this point i i know he puts up triple doubles i i i mean washington was healthy all year long and they were below 500 uh, with him he he had a really big push at the end to to get into the play-in game but uh they should have been they weren't soup. They weren't incredibly talented, but you have two of the most talented guards in the league. Probably shouldn't have been a question whether or not you make the playoffs, and they were healthy all year. Probably not. Probably shouldn't have been a question whether or not you make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, to you know, there's talk about him going to LA too, and and it's like I just everywhere he goes, it seems like someone wants to to leave. Paul George uh, gets kidnapped by uh, Kawhi Leonard in. Um, uh, in Oklahoma, uh, from Oklahoma City, uh, he leaves Houston uh, after a year there, uh, and then he, you know, now he now he wants out of, uh, or he wants out, or someone wants him out of, of Washington. So yeah, I mean, it's the same story with Russell Westbrook. You saw it in the um, playoffs last year, and you, you saw it uh, in the playing game against the Celtics. Where you know, I was texting my brother. He, he Westbrook might put up a triple double, but it might be a quadruple double because of his turnovers. And, you know, yeah. his play that just, you know, negates so much of the, the good stuff. I, I, just wild shots that will come up, um, you know, traveling, you know, passing the ball out of bounds, you know, and typically in big moments, you know, because he, 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 I don't think he's a great playoff player. And this is one of the few things I, um, I stay encouraged about with the Celtics is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. We know can play in the playoffs mm-hmm. and, and being wings and bigs and like that. If the Celtics could, and this is where Danny Ainge really screwed up last off season is to not try to build around them and not try to do what the Bucks did, uh, what the Suns did in the, in the off season to bring in guys that complement them is continually a mistake because you, you never know what's going to happen during the course of a season in terms of injuries to other teams, as we saw this year, well, and when even, opportunities can present themselves. Even well, even the um, even uh, last in the bubble, the the it was the the Heat beating Milwaukee was seen as an opportunity. Yeah, uh, for the for the Celtics actually, and yeah, Tatum uh, especially, I think in the last the, those playing games really elevated himself uh scoring scored 50 points against Washington and then scored 50 against the Nets basically to beat them by himself which I thought was was yeah. an incredible effort so yeah they are they are they have been they've been disappointing you know I, I was talking to my, one of my friends and we were arguing about the whole super <laughs> team thing I said I just remember a few years ago when you're starting five you had Kyrie Tatum Brown Gordon Hayward now Horford, right? And I thought, I thought myself, I was like, that team's going to win sixty-five games, right? They're going to win sixty-five yeah. games. They're going to make the finals. And uh, you know what you said, like you said, Kyrie, Kyrie quit and all that. But I think you know Tatum's made it to the conference finals with less talent, I think, than 
they really even have now Tatum and Brown did when they were, when they were rookies. So, yeah. So I, I think it's interesting not to give a huge Celtics discussion, obviously the Haywood inter- injury, I think um, put everything sideways with, yeah. with that, you know, and changed the course of things. And I wonder if Danny could do this over now and he knew exactly how good Brown and Tatum would have become if you make, you know, so you made the mistake of bringing Kyrie here. And at the time, I would have made the trade. Oh, it's a great deal of time. But then you try to fix it immediately by bringing in another ball-dominant point guard, a great guy, great teammate in Kemba Walker, um, that, you know, still relegates a guy like Jalen Brown to your third, fourth option because you have Haywood on the team still. And maybe you needed to take a step back and really build around your two young guys because unlike your Usually you pick first and third. You yeah. uh you're being built around. You have opportunities to make mistakes, take lumps. And I thought for the first time in Jalen Brown's career, he had that opportunity this season. Um and Tatum, you know, figured it out over the last two seasons. I just thought maybe, you know, especially and look, maybe I'm I'm looking at this wrong because they came so close last off season, but you Last season, where they made the conference finals, but you, you again, Kemba Walker over thirty, he played, but he was hurt and he was he useless was in the he, in the playoffs. He was useless. Yeah, and you had to depend on these two young guys, and obviously they can handle it. Maybe it's a good thing now that they really start figuring out how to build around them and bring in quality veterans that don't need the ball, you know, um, and, and see how this. Fi- figure this out because you know you're going to come to a point in a few years if you don't do this the right way where these guys can leave and um and so i think that's where danny you know has been all you can't foresee hey we're getting hurt um you but can't, but things even, when he, even when he came back uh he came back the next he came back the next year he wasn't he wasn't the same though he he wasn't no. the same and He's then never he, been the same He's he, never been the same. He was yeah. pretty good this year. He, he did. He played well, but then he ended up getting so hurt. He got hurt again. Yeah. yeah. Like, he can't stay healthy. Yeah. You know, they, maybe he should have traded Hayward earlier. He he obviously didn't have a pulse on his team, and one guy wanted to leave and get out of here. Um, but I thought the Kemba signing was a huge mistake. Um, Especially with the building he was this getting. Team, you know? Yeah. Oh, and, and for them this offseason, I don't know. I, I think it's um, just figure out ways to build around these guys. I thought the Horford move. Um, they probably could have waited to see if they could have gotten more for Kemba, but I think sometimes it makes sense to just move quickly it's when you have an opportunity. Get rid of the albatross of a contract yep. and just just take it. And I think most that kid wasn't Moses Brown. I think he's pretty good. I think he's got some potential. So yeah. And you're not trying to build a championship team right now. You're trying to rebuild the roster to you know get to a point to be a championship team. Yeah. Um, I'm like where the Lakers are right now, where I, I think they have some really difficult decisions to make yeah. because their window is, is, you know, the Celtics window could be potentially small if they don't fix this for Tatum and Brown. It could be big if they make the right moves. The Lakers window right now with Davis and James is right now. And yeah. they can't afford another offseason of Mark Gasol and Dennis Schroeder and guys like that. They got to surround them with complimentary players. No, I, you know what? It's one of those things. It's like what the Celtics did in 08. You just mortgage your future for one championship, right? So they have. Yeah. I really like Lonzo Ball, and I obviously Brandon Ingram ended up being a really good player. Um, but, you know, to get AD and win a championship, you just yep. you that's do what that. You do. Yeah. 
just you just do that every time. So yeah, I mean they had to, you know, they got LeBron, they got Le- they got LeBron at what 34 years old, or uh they got LeBron at like 34 years old, and they, you know, they they in in 2018 or uh 2019, uh, I should say, they LeBron's groin injury screwed the whole season up because they were they weren't gonna win the championship that year. I'm they have no delusions about that. They probably weren't even gonna make the finals. Yeah. But they were the four seed on Christmas when they beat the Warriors, right? They were the four seed on Christmas when they beat the Warriors. They were clicking. They they had they had a, they were on a little bit of a streak. Um, but then there was those AD trade rumors, and I think it screwed up uh, when LeBron was hurt. The team wasn't doing that well, and I think it, it really screwed up the chemistry there. But um, getting rid of those young guys like Ingram, you know, and I saw some memes like, "Oh, I can't believe they thought it," you know, they thought that Kyle Kuzma was their best player. Uh, and they traded away Ingram and Lonzo and uh, whatever. It was like, and uh, what's his name? Hart. And I'm like, no, it's just you You do what you can. When you've got a guy like LeBron, when you've got a generational talent, especially one that's, you know, probably going to be there for a few more years, you make that move to mortgage your future to win a championship every time. And it, and it, and it works. And so even if it works once, it was still worth it. It would be disappointing. But even if it worked once. It, oh, yeah. You know. It's the right uh, move. It was the right move. And, and now, now it's, it's figuring out how they can get guys in here, and they don't have a lot of trade assets. I, I you know, no, they, uh, they don't. They don't like. There's all this talk about. I would love Russell Westbrook, honestly. Like, e- even if as a third guy, because it'd just be fun to watch. Yeah. Um. But like, but like, he, they they just can't do. They just can't do how it. How do you compile the salaries to get them? I I don't. Talon Horton, Talon Horton Tucker is a, a I like him. Free, free agent. I like him too. Yeah. He's a restricted free agent. Dennis Schroeder is an unrestricted free agent. So those guys would both like want to have to want to go play for the Wizards for this yeah. deal to work. Kyle Kuzma, they would have to want Kyle Kuzma. I know Kyle Kuzma wants out, and that's fine. Maybe he could end up being like a Julius Randle type of player where you know he was in LA. He's had his struggles, or or uh, he could get a good role player for Kyle Kuzma, or maybe a pick. Um, Absolutely. Like maybe it'd be a second round pick, but you could definitely get a, and I feel like they need role players like that. You know, um, I love Caldwell Pope there. I I loved what they, what they surrounded with James and Davis the year before. Yeah. Um, But this, this year, it just, just like, I I didn't, I couldn't understand for the life of me why they wanted. I was so excited as a Celtics fan when the Lakers signed Drummond, because I think he sucks. In this in this NBA, you know, he just in the playoffs, yeah. he, he's almost useless. He 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 can't yeah. defend anyone on the perimeter, yeah. and you don't want the ball in his hands. Um, he's a relic. He's like a relic. Yeah. He like really a, is. He's a great center. Ten, fifteen years ago, because he's a you know he's like a you know twenty or fifteen guy or an eighteen fifth eighteen fifteen guy. But yeah, it didn't work. I you know when they signed him, I was like. All right, cool. He's like your fifth best player. He's a body in the paint, but it didn't work out. Um, I liked Montrez. Uh, I want. I liked Montrez hit uh, Harrell. I liked. I liked the Schroeder signing at the time because he was really good too. in OKC. He was really good in OKC, but he just didn't. He just didn't show up um, when he needed to. And I think you know, in terms of, it seems like the Lakers have been farming out all stars to other teams. Honestly. Uh, ever since LeBron got there, so like the the move that they made to get Le, uh, to get LeBron there to clear the cap space and all that was the to get rid of that awful Mozgov contract was to send D'Angelo Russell to yeah. 
to Brooklyn and that, you know, he ended up becoming a really good player and an all-star. And then they, they uh, farmed, you know, obviously you've got uh, Julius Randle who they let go to make that same deal. He ended up becoming yeah. an all-star uh, Ingram and Lonzo Lonzo, I think can be an all-star some uh, at, in some team in like the Eastern conference. Potentially. And, yeah. Yeah. And so I think Kuzma, you know, in terms of getting a, getting a team together to, to be a contender, I think Kuzma might have to, might end up being that like, that other one of those players that we end up like, yeah, he, he thinks he's a Jason Tatum, which I think is ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> he's a Jason Tatum type of player. And he's a journeyman NBA player, I think. Yeah, he is. Team. And maybe, but maybe he ends up being a great player somewhere else. But if it can yeah. get a good, a, a team that complements LeBron and AD well enough to win one more year, or maybe even make the finals one more year. I, uh, I think I don't, it's interesting. So it shouldn't, they don't need a lot. But the way the NBA is set up, it's not easy to get what they need either. And oh. it's, it's so they need they need more shooting, like you said. They they need yeah. a consistent big. And beyond that, like I don't think they necessarily need a third star unless Brooklyn's healthy. They don't need a third star. The NBA is a three guy league, but when you got guys, two guys as good as LeBron and AD, yeah. you know if you need a third star, you might need like an aggregate of players that make a third star. Right. When people think, oh, you need three guys like like you look at the 2011 Mavericks. Right. You had Jason Kidd, who was sort of at the end of his career, but you had Dirk Nowitzki. Then you had like an aggregate of players that can yeah. kind of make an all star. That's what I that's what I would have said. An aggregate of good players that can make an all star caliber player. That's what they had. I think last year when they had uh, Rajon Rondo was making big plays in the playoffs. Yeah, and Danny Green. Danny Green stepped up. Casey, even KCP had some like big, big moments. I like him a lot. I like him a lot too. So they had an aggregate of players that can make that. Third. I mean, Dwight Howard played really well. Dwight Howard was great too. Yeah, yeah Dwight yeah, was great. Obama there were certain series where he was on the bench because it didn't work out for yeah, their strategy. Sure. When they needed him, he was really he was really productive for sure. And that's why I was just surprised in the offseason um, that they kind of let a, some of those were contractual and they couldn't bring them back. I get it, but they just let you, you know Marcus all you know you, for Javal McGee and Dwight Howard. I'm not sure it was much of an upgrade and, and getting rid of Dan, Danny Green, who is you know the perfect guy for that. I know he's really struggled with the Sixers this year, mm-hmm. um, but I just I I, I didn't love at the time the moves they made i i know the media did and um i think this is and you brought up the celtics you know what they did in 08 but what danny did afterwards to surround that supporting cast sucked and, and you know that first offseason like like again with the lakers he brought in james posey he he had pj brown there was all those really good reserve Players. I think Posey was the runner-up for Sixth Man of the Year that year, right? Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. they drafted pretty well. Um, you know, there, there was Leon Poe, and Leon yeah, Poe. after that was Glenn Davis, and so they had some. They did a good job of surrounding, and then it just went downhill, um, where they they went for guys like Jermaine O'Neal and Shaq and and things like that. It just couldn't. They could play when they were healthy, but they were never healthy. And so I, I wonder. You know, the, for the for Lakers this offseason, it's identifying, you know, what guys you can bring in in a trade and free agents that you – because, like I said, uh, they don't need a ton, but they just need guys that can fill roles and be consistent. Um, is Marcus Gasol, is he – does he have any years left or is he gone? 
I'm pretty sure he's gone. As far as I know, he's gone. And I think uh, I know he uh, and and um, the the problem is is that they don't have enough guys even for trades or something. They don't really have enough guys in their contract. Is the issue? They both have this issue where they have uh, they're in cap hell and they they're like strapped for assets uh, as well. So they're not like in a good. They're not really in a great position. Do I think they can figure it out? Like, yeah, I think, and you've got to, you got guys like when you've got a guy like LeBron, he can make a lot of people better. Um, but yeah, it's going to be difficult. And these big moves that they're talking about trying to get a third guy. in, I just, I would love it. Even though Russell Westbrook, even if he doesn't make teams, yeah. better, I'd like to see him try to play with LeBron. It might just be exciting. Well, He'd be the one that's obtainable. I think, because I don't think he would take multiple picks. I don't think there's going to be a great demand for him. Well, they, just um, have the, they just can't, they can't, I don't know who they're going to trade for him. But they he's would. like 40 something million. So like yeah. To, yeah. to get those contracts together to bring him in, I think that's where the Lakers would struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they would need a third team. Um, yeah. I, and this, they don't have assets. If they for anyone that's really desirable, like you know, no. they don't have assets to go out and get some, sometimes that doesn't matter in the NBA, you know, uh, like, we spent the last podcast saying, you know, the Celtics don't have the assets to get Bradley Bale. Unless if Bradley Bale just says, I'm, I want to go to three teams, he gets mm-hmm. two that are unrealistic, and the third is the Celtics. You know, it's essentially what James Harden did. That's exactly what you You know, which I hate that shit. But that's that you could that could happen. It is annoying. Uh, it is annoying. James Harden, I think, is more annoying because, like you said, he just quit. He quit. Um, yeah. he, he quit, and uh, he's – He's an asshole. Uh, in yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, so. Bradley Bale's a good soldier, you know. He, he yeah, right. up and plays that. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. So, yeah, they they could do that. And there there was the, always talk about Dame Lillard going. There's always talk about everybody going to going to LA, but yeah. uh, you know, there's talk about Dame Lillard going there, and it's like he would have to like to say, "I'm only going there, and I'm not going to play." It. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to do that. And still, you got to find a way to compile the contracts to bring in a guy that's yeah. And the danger with Dame Lillard, and he's going to be an interesting case because next year he'll be spectacular. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be creeping north of thirty as a and like I, I to me they this has become kryptonite because I've I've had the small point guards in Boston, yeah, and, and he's going to be north of thirty, and he's going to be getting fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and so if he gets hurt, your team is screwed. Yeah, you can't. Right. There's nothing you can do. You you are just screwed, and you're not just screwed for a season. That's the type of thing that you know because you're gonna have to give up serious assets. Yeah, you're gonna have to give up draft picks for at least three firsts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's gonna be interesting to me what team takes it says. Okay, our time is now. We're gonna make this move because if it doesn't work with him, you are you are crippling your franchise. Yeah, and uh, and you know it's funny about the fifty million dollar contract and all that. He'd taken that huge deal, and someone, some, some talking head said, "Well, he's going to be forgotten, you know, because he's never going to win a championship in Portland. They don't have it, oh. uh, even though Portland's been a pretty good franchise." But he said, uh, "I'm going to be one rich forgotten mother effer," and it's funny <laughs> to see that, which is true, I guess. But it's funny to see that now, like he's getting frustrated and that. Well, I don't give a shit. I'm going to be paid it's funny to see him change course on that a little bit. Like basically like, okay, this, this actually sucks. I don't want to do this anymore. The the one thing I'll say like from, um, I know we got to wrap one narrative. I do hate 
is this uh, narrative of, you know, you didn't have a great career unless you won a championship. Oh, I hate uh, it. It, it uh, doesn't make any sense to me. Charles uh, Barkley. They're, they're doing it with Chris Paul now. And it, and Chris Paul is a fantastic player. He, he's an incredible player. He's And I and I wanted to see him win. Uh, after seeing Giannis, and the more I see Giannis, I really like him, honestly. He's just one of the most likable guys. Uh, one of the most likable guys in the, uh, in the NBA. But he brought it to... Ton but, of joy to Phoenix this year. Chris Paul, but, like Phoenix, yeah, Phoenix fans had a great season. They, they, that's they worth something. Up. They went from the nine, the nine or ten seed to the to the to the two seed, and everywhere he goes, that team competes. He was when he was in New Orleans, they were garbage, and he made them really good. When yep. he was in uh, the, the Clippers, obviously the Clippers are uh, obvious, uh, and then the the Thunder, they were they were just going to they were expecting to. Chris Paul actually screwed up their rebuilding plans because they weren't expected to make the playoffs and they end up going seven games with the team that traded him. He's an incredible player. And it was like, now he's the only guy to go down uh, to lose four series that were down 0 and 2. Okay. Well, the first one was against the Spurs. We can forgive people for losing to the Spurs, especially considering the talent around him was like 35 year old Paige Stoyakovich and David West. Uh, the second one, I think he was him and Blake Griffin were injured. Yeah, they were. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. Uh, and then he played the the. I don't know the other. I don't know the other one. But this year, this year they probably like I said. I thought the Bucks were the better team going into this series, and they had to play Giannis, who has emerged the generational talent and uh, in his in his absolute prime. And then you remember that Chris Paul should have went to the Lakers and played with Kobe Bryant in his prime and got screwed out of that too. So like him not winning a championship, I don't think like, you know, he's a, you know, if you don't want a championship, there's like something genetically wrong with you. Like you don't have it's, you know, like Charles Barkley couldn't win a championship. Yeah. You know, like, but like, it's they're like, fantastic players. If Dame, if Dame Lillard never wins a championship, doesn't make him not a fantastic player. If James Harden never wins the championship as much as I can't stand him and hope that he doesn't, he was yeah. still a dynamite player. Yeah, I, I just and not every season that doesn't end in a championship doesn't mean that you know can't. If next year the Knicks make it to the conference finals, those fans are going to have a blast. That's yeah. a successful season. Mm-hmm. You know, like from a Celtics fan's perspective, one of the funnest seasons I had was when Haywood and, and Kyrie went down and they went to game seven against Cleveland in the conference yeah. finals. No one expected it. That would, That's great. And I, I I, think as because of Twitter and, and some of this other stuff now, it's, it's almost everything gets capped as a failure if you don't win a championship. Mm-hmm. And it takes the joy out of it. It really, it really does. Like the, the Suns had an incredible year. Yep. Uh, they Atlanta. Made, Atlanta. Atlanta had an incredible year too. They made, you know, they made it to the conference finals and no one really expected them to. I would say like, you know, it, it's a little different for like Philadelphia where that year is actually a failure because they should have. Oh yeah. yeah. They probably. You that know, breaks they, my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It really, was, <laughs> it really was. It really was awful. What happened there, especially considering how good they were during the regular season. But oh, like, God. yeah, th- this like end game with like, you've got to win a championship. Otherwise that you're not as good or you don't have some special, you know, some special gene or some like the clutch gene is just to me. So stupid. Like Chris Paul is not a choke artist. You look at Chris Paul's playoff numbers uh, generally, and you just look at individual, not just individual years, but overall they are incredible. That guy, yeah. that guy plays incredible. 
people. And even in the games that they lost, he played really well. Did he turn the ball over in some key moments? Yeah, but so did other players too. So yeah. he also he also stepped up in big moments to elevate the Suns to where they to 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 where they to where they were. So yeah, it's just it just pisses me off when people are like you got to win a championship, you're going to win multiple, or even like oh, if you don't win, you got to win multiple championships. You know, now now it's like. Like, you know, when LeBron left Miami, like, oh, they only won two championships. Only? Only won two championships? You know, like, just, it, it is it is crazy. And, you know, like you said, I think it's Twitter and all that. The same thing goes with Super Bowl. Like, quarter, you know, going to the NFL, it's the same sort of, I think Tom Brady's dominance is brain poison people to thinking that, like, Aaron Rodgers is a choke artist or Drew Brees is a choke artist because they only have one Super Bowl. But, like, great players, great players don't necessarily, uh, can't, you know, it's a, it's a team sport, and as great as players are, they can't carry teams by themselves to win a championship. And when you think about it, you're one of 30 teams to win a championship, so the the odds of that are very very low in general. So like this, like absolute fail. You know, you know when people were giving me crap about the Lakers losing this year, I'm like, well, they didn't win back to back titles, and I'm supposed to be like tremendously disappointed, and that's supposed to be pathetic. You know, it's it, you know, I, I just I, I hate I don't like what the whole culture is becoming around that yeah no it, it, it does take the fun out of it a little bit um you know but i do enjoy when the sixers just disappoint and suck every playoffs i i, I know you brought them up and i joel and beat i remember he was talking all kinds of trash he was like uh when they got um when they got what's his name markel fultz when they drafted markel fultz they're like oh they they're calling us the feds because it was like fultz and beat uh Dario Sarich <laughs> and or something like that. The it's Simmons, the feds are coming. Then Kevin Durant's like, you guys haven't played a game. I responded, like, you guys haven't even played a game together yet. Like, yeah, that was a good draft pick. Marco yeah, Fultz over yeah, Jason yeah, Tatum. Right. And, no. and Ben Simmons, uh, we talk about guys that can't play in the playoffs. Well, he, he can't play in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, Marcus, this was a lot of fun, man. I, I hope we can do it again. Maybe uh, during the season when the Celtics and Lakers meet up. But this was uh, this was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, let's let's make sure we do this again. Anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Take care.